Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Now, our subject on today's program is Good God, Bad World. Now, we're doing something we've never done before, and that is that as I started to prepare this program, the content was so much that I could not just, I couldn't do justice to this topic within the time constraints of one program. So this will be part one, and the next time we come together, we'll have the conclusion. So this topic will be studied over the next two programs. Now, why are we studying the topic of good God, bad world? There is no doubt about it in the Bible, Bible prophecy shows us beyond the shadow of doubt that God knows the future. But anyone who recognizes this will then sit down and in the quietness at the end of the day will begin to ruminate in their own minds and they'll say, well, if God knows the future, didn't he know the tragedy and the pain that we all endure and have in our lives? I mean, didn't God see that this was coming? Well, of course he did. Well, now if we recognize that the answer is, of course, then we naturally come up with the next question, which is, well, if he knew it was coming, why didn't he do something about it? Why didn't he prevent it? If God has all power as well as all knowledge, why didn't he stop this whole thing before it got started? These questions... These are questions that are not going to go away anytime soon. I want to invite you to look at the world as seen through the eyes of God. And I'm going to let you have a little insight into his mind as to why he has done what he's done and why he has not done many things that we think he should have done. And finally, I think we will rub our chins and say, well, Lord, under the circumstances, you've done everything you could. You see, the answer to every pain that we have, whether of the body or of the spirit, the answer is still Jesus Christ. You know, on occasion, I see a bumper sticker that says, Christ is the answer. And, and I don't know if that person has any idea of just how much they're saying with that. Listen, God could never justify himself, not for one minute. He could never justify himself in allowing you and me to have one anxious moment or to have one pain in our bodies if God himself in the person of his son had not come here and suffered with us. The way we can never say to God, you don't know what it means to be in pain, the evidence of a nail-pierced hand will be adequate to silence that question. God has never asked us to suffer one pain of the flesh that he hasn't suffered. As we see with his hands and his feet and the thorns on his brow, God could never justify himself for one minute letting us have an anxious moment or, or one pain in our hearts or one tear rolling down our cheek if Jesus hadn't come here and wept with us. We have never endured anything that God himself has not endured. You might think and you might be tempted to think 
that the father is removed from what was happening to his son. But I want to tell you, the father suffered pain, the pain with his son. See, you can't stay up at night at the crib side of your child without, as a parent, suffering with your child. So the first answer to the problem of human pain and human suffering and, and human misery and human agony is always the cross. We haven't endured one thing that God didn't endure ten times more than we will ever endure. Even the Lord Jesus at the cross, even he asked why. He said, my God, my God, why? And if Jesus could ask the question why, I think we have the right to ask why. We must never forget that God has been here and he suffers along with us. I've been asked, is God so hard? Is he so uncaring that he doesn't care that we suffer? You know, oftentimes God is accused of being uncaring when some difficult situation, a death in the family, a, a financial loss, a tragedy. And sometimes we are prone to say, why did God let this happen to me? Have you ever seen that? Have you ever said that? I find that there are so many people who become agnostic. They become unbelievers over this one question. If we can clear this question up, well, there may be some of you watching who could then become Christians, but you've never, because your doubts about God, if we can clear up the doubts, at least reasonably, then maybe you can become a Christian. And if you become a Christian, then you have the hope of eternal life, and that's what it's all about. Now, let me bring up a question I've had people ask me. Why didn't God make humans incapable of sinning. After all, if all the problems in the world are the result of greed and hatred and maliciousness and violence and immorality and lies, why didn't God make us to start out with in such a way that we could never make a mistake? And when I hear that, I recognize that what we're really doing there is blaming God. You see, he didn't make us right to start out with. If he had done it the right way to start out with, we wouldn't have the problem. And God, once again, has gotten the blame. Let me tell you about why God made us the way he did. God made us to be free, moral agents, to be able to make choices. And the reason why God gave us free moral choice to be able to choose between right and wrong, good and evil, is that he loved us. God gave us free will. Let me try to explain this. The essential ingredient of intelligence is the power to make a choice. If you take an intelligence test, what you're doing is you're choosing. That's what intelligence is. The thing that separates man from the animal kingdom is the power of intelligent choice. Now, you might be watching and say, well, my dog is pretty intelligent. Well, I know. I know dogs do have a great deal of intelligence. 
but you're never going to catch a dog reading a book or studying astronomy or working on mathematics problems or studying geometry. You're never going to find them doing that because their intelligence is up to a certain point. But it is given to us to be able to make definitive choices. And we are alone of all of the creatures that God made. We alone have the power of self-determining choice. Now you say, well, I recognize that. Humans are qualitatively in their, you know, in their mind. We are different from the animal kingdom. I agree with that. But, but now listen, if God was going to give us the power of choice, then there was always the risk that we would take this free will and use it to revolt against our maker. That possibility was there. You see, as soon as God made that first intelligent being and gave them the power of free will and free choice, there was always that risk. But God took that risk. Why? Well, because he wanted you and me to enjoy life. Humankind has the capacity to enjoy life like no other creature God has made. I'm not a dog. I'm a man. God made me a man. God gave me the power to choose that I might be able to enjoy a rose garden, that I can enjoy a sunset. Listen, you come to my house. I'm going to play music for you. I love, it drives my kids crazy, but I love to just sit and listen to music. And we'll be listening to a portion of a song and I'll say to you, this next section, I like it the best of all. And we listen and so what am I doing? You know, I'm comparing, I'm making a choice. I like this sound better than I like that sound. God gave me the power to choose, to choose that I like this sound better than I like that sound. God made us this way because he loved us. And he gave us the power of choice that we might be able to enjoy life to the fullest. But what have we done with our wills? We have taken this free will that God has given us and we have corrupted it. And we choose the things that are indecent and we, we plan to do that which is wrong and we lie to one another and men are unfaithful to their wives and Thieves break in and steal because they choose to do the thing that God says is wrong. When God gave to that first intelligent creature the power of choice, God was taking a risk that someone would decide to use their free will against God. Did God know it would happen? Of course he did. It was not a probability. It was not a possibility. It was a certainty that someone would do this. But, but God has eternally been making a preparation for this day. I want to talk to you about God's preparations. Let's turn to uh, Titus chapter 1 and in verse 2. Here's what it says. Their faith and this knowledge are based on the hope of eternal life that God, who doesn't lie, promised before time began. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 9. We read, God sent me to reveal the secret plan that had been hidden 
since the beginning of time by God who created everything. Now, Romans 16, verse 25, it says, May the glory be to God who can strengthen you with my good news and the message that I preach about Jesus Christ. He can strengthen you with the announcement of the secret that was kept quiet for a long time. A secret is something that you don't reveal, that you keep in concealment, that had been kept in secret, it said, through times. How long? For a long time. Let's read a little bit more. Uh, Ephesians 3, verses 10 and 11. God's purpose is now to show the rulers and powers in the heavens the many different varieties of his wisdom through the church. This was consistent with the plan he had from the beginning of time that he accomplished through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, what do these verses say to us? They tell us that sometime back in the beginning of eternity, if we can even imagine such a time, there was a conversation between the Father and the Son. This conversation was a secret conversation. God never told anybody about it. It was hidden. The agreement was made between the Father and the Son that in the event of the coming of a revolt anywhere in God's universe, that the Son of God would come to that place of the revolt and there he would make a sacrifice for the redemption of that world. This was God's eternal plan. The cross of Christ is as old as the universe. Now, God kept this plan a secret until it was needed. You see, if God had gone around talking and saying everywhere, well, you know, if any of you revolt against me, I have a plan to save you. Well, now that wouldn't have been very smart. That's why Paul talks about the wonderful wisdom of God that God had judgment enough that he didn't talk about the plan until the plan was needed. God had a secret agreement between himself and his son to redeem the place of the revolt. That's what the Bible says. The cross of Christ is the price that God paid to give you and me a free will. Think about that. I mean, that's the truth. We're always complaining about our problems, but we never realize, we don't stop to think how much God suffered. I don't think we'll ever understand in all the ages of eternity how much it has caused God, how much it cost Him to give us free will to make us the way we really are. Now, I want to take you a step further. I'm going to ask you a question. How much of what's going on in this world do you think God has his way? What percentage? I would suggest that God has his way on very little of what's going on here. I want to tell you something. God has an enemy. The Bible calls him the devil and Satan. He was a leader of a revolt against God, and the human family is caught in the crossfire between God, who is good on one side, and his enemy, who is endeavoring to destroy everything that God wants done. We feel it in the very depths of our souls that we are influenced by two powers. We all hear a voice, you know, don't do that. Be nice. Don't get angry. 
Don't tell that lie. That's not yours. Don't touch it. We all hear that voice, but we all hear another voice. And that other voice says, go ahead, tell him off. He's got it coming. Let him have it. Go ahead, take it. Go ahead, lie. And we are caught in that. We've got to see, you know, that it isn't just God who is good. And it's not just he's good in a vacuum. It's God who is good, yes, and a force around us of evil. And we're caught in the middle of the whole thing. Now, I'm going to tell you something amazing. As we turn in our Bible to the book of Revelation, in chapter 12, we're going to read verses 7 through 9. Here's what it says. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but they did not prevail, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. So the great dragon was thrown down, the old snake who was called the devil and Satan. The deceiver of the world was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. It is an amazing thing to many people to discover that the problem that now goes up in this world began in heaven. It began there right at the throne of God. That's what the Bible teaches. Now, we're going to read a little bit more because I want you to read about the personality of the one who led this revolt. Let's go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 28, verses 12 and verse 14. It says, The Lord God proclaims you are full of wisdom and beauty, the image of perfection. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. The idea that the devil is ugly is an idea that the devil has implanted in the world that has offended the intelligence of people saying such a creature never existed. And you're absolutely right. Such a creature never did exist. God says that Satan was, Lucifer was absolutely beautiful. He was wise and intelligent beyond anything that humanity has any knowledge of. What else do we find? It said, you are the anointed cherub who covers. Now, why did God put this information here? This mighty being was as close to the throne of God as he could possibly get. There was no higher position possible for him. And that tells you something about his position. Now, I want to see, let's see in the next verse, verse 13, what it says. It says, You were in Eden, God's garden. You were covered with gold and every precious stone, carnelian, topaz, moonstone, beryl, onyx, jasper, lapis, lazuli, turquoise, and emerald. On the day that you were created, finely crafted pendants, and engravings were prepared. Now, what does that tell us? It tells us that he was not denied any possession. He was given everything. He had position. He had beauty. He had wisdom. He had possessions. He had everything. So why does God give us all of this information in the 28th chapter of Ezekiel? 
he does to let us know that the revolt of Lucifer was entirely unnecessary. He had position, he had possessions, he had a marvelous mind, he was talented, he was beautiful. There was absolutely no reason for him doing what he did, but he did it. That's what the Bible has called the mystery of iniquity. We can't explain it. Because in the Bible, mystery is something you can't explain. It's not something you find the answer to at the end of the book. It is incomprehensible to the human mind. There was no reason for doing what he did, but he did it. Why? Well, we will look at the Bible for that answer next time. I hope you'll join us. Let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your love and in your compassion for us, you had a plan that would redeem us should we fall. It is true that you love the world so much that you have given your son. I pray, Father, that if there's anyone within the reach of my voice that has not accepted Jesus as their Savior, they may do so now and have the gift of eternal life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've come to that moment in our program, like we have on every broadcast, where we make a resource available to our viewers, uh, something to help you better understand God and His will and to, you know, in a sense, I guess, incentivize you to, into a deeper study of who God is and what His plan is for, for all of us. And uh, we've gotten access to these special editions of the Signs of the Times magazine. They're kind of in a, in a reduced size here. and. Uh, this week, we'd like to offer you this one that it talks about the return of Jesus, what the Bible says about Jesus' return. We'd love to send that to you. Let me make something perfectly. There is no obligation whatsoever on your part. Uh, if you choose to receive this, uh, this magazine, it's going to come in the mail, postage paid. You're never going to receive an invoice for it. You're never going to be asked to do anything, commit anything. It is a gift from Lessons for Living Television to you, our cherished viewers. And so I would hope that you would accept our offer. If you'd like to get this, then we're going to give you some instructions. Pay close attention to them. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living Television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living Television website, www.alforltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. 
If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. I want to remind you that this was just part one of a two-part program. The second part is going to be on our next telecast. I hope you come back to get the conclusion of the program. Just a couple of things I want to make you aware of. Um, we've had some challenges in securing some of the offers. Uh, getting some of the orders, the backfill, you know, orders backfilled has been a bit of a challenge for us. And so in some cases, we've had to replace what we originally thought we were going to be able to send you with another resource because we were just unable to get the one that we wanted, particularly the ones that are coming from outside the country. And so if for some reason you never received the offer at all that you requested, don't hesitate to write me an email, bill at l4ltv.com, and just tell me, listen, I've requested this, and I'm going to do everything I can to get you that offer or at least get you something similar because we want to honor our commitment uh, to you. Uh, I want to remind you of our website, the l4ltv.com website. You know, on the website, all of our previous programs are listed there under the tab that says previous programs. We have a sermon archives where I have different presentations. You know, some of the perplexing questions that people have, you know, who or what is 666 and what happens to us when we die. Check those out. There's a video, there's a uh, study guide you can download. I think you'll find those, uh, I hope you'll find them interesting. We also have a tab there that is donate today. Um, you can make a donation online by credit card or through, you know, Interact Debit. Um, we survive based on the generosity of donors. We are a charitable organization, and so uh, we do issue a receipt for income tax purposes. In order to just make things easier for us, we, we issue those all at the end of the year. And so unless you specifically tell me, I'd like a receipt right away, we'll get that to you. But if not, then we like to wait till the end of the year and we send all the receipts out at the same time. So, hey, pray about that. And if you feel impressed to make a donation, we can sure use it. Uh, it'll, it'll help. Uh, some of the social media resources we have there, uh, Instagram, follow me, uh, Santos underscore Bill, every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I put out a one-minute video, it's a devotional. You know, you can watch that, you can share that with your friends, check that out. Uh, our Facebook page, like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, you'll be notified every time we add a new program. Um, follow me on Twitter, at Santos underscore Bill. In about half an hour from the end of the program, an audio version of the program is gonna be available. So. You can download the audio version and carry that with you and listen to it at your convenience. And uh, one more website I want to reference is the missionnowcanada.com website. 
Mission Now Canada is an organization that's part of our ministry that does overseas humanitarian work. And so check that out if you want to make a donation to that, to that program or even come with us on an upcoming mission trip, you can check that out. Well, they're giving me hand signals that tell me it's time to go. I remember to come back next week for part two. I hope you won't miss it. We'll be looking forward to that. God bless you. We'll see you back here again.